Well, hello. So, uh, this is Alan, and uh, Corbin is not here at the moment because I'm actually doing this podcast, surprise, by the way, uh, with my... What? We killed Corbin. Yeah, he died. Uh, This is... Okay, so this is my roommate, Curtis. I've mentioned him a couple times. I know that uh, in my truth or day review i definitely mentioned him and i think i mentioned him a couple other times in did you do a podcast review of truth or dare or just the written one no just the written one okay uh, so yeah i was yeah. in that one yeah i did mention you in that i actually had you look that over be- twice once before i some that's true before i finished it once after and boy was it accurate to my movie going <laughs> experience yes oh that was such, that was such a fun film to watch together uh anyways so today we actually that's night when we uh, before we recorded at uh, the time of this recording we watched the movie you were never really here mm-hmm. and it was a movie that i had heard about from yms who uh, or you your movie sucks on youtube uh and he had just done a quickie on it and so it just it was only like two and a half minutes he didn't go into detail and i was it intrigued me and how did you hear about this because that's how i heard about it um i saw it on my movie pass so i was oh. scrolling through new releases on the app to see if there's anything of note and I saw the Joaquin Phoenix was in a new movie, and the album cover, album cover, the movie poster looked super indie. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, this could be interesting." And then I didn't pay attention to it at all until yeah. it showed up at our local theater, and I was like, "Hey, if I have time, I might go see that." And we just so happened to have some time last night, so we went and saw it. Yeah, which is very interesting because uh, our theaters here are very weird because they will. They pick all the popular stuff, but when it comes to the more not so popular, it kind of just depends because we got this movie, but we didn't get uh, Isle of Dogs and we didn't get Phantom Thread at all, which is super weird. It's weird because we're just outside of Chicago. Yeah. So if you're in Chicago or even if you go up somewhere like Orland Park, which is just, which is a little bit closer than we are, you get all of the movies, every movie that comes out, even at a limited release, you can go see in the city. But we get like a really strange mixed bag of what makes it this far south. Right. It's it's the weirdest thing. Uh, I and then and then we sometimes have movies that for for some reason show in two theaters because okay we have three theaters here around town. Two of uh, them are owned by the same company. Right. And so sometimes, usually, when one get one theater gets a movie, the other two won't show it. But then there are some exceptions to that. For some reason, Avengers is only showing in the largest theater. But then we also have a movie that's out now that, for some reason, is showing in two theaters. And I don't really understand what the mindset is there. I think I mentioned this in the Avengers podcast, which, if it isn't already up, it'll be up soon. Uh, we just, Corbin and I just recorded that this afternoon, actually, with the time we recorded this. So, yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty nuts. But we did go see... You were never really here, and I liked it. Yeah, uh, we both, funny story, you and I walked out, uh, You, it was you, me, and your girlfriend, and we all walked out, and we were all just kind of like, uh, what? Yeah, it was very funny, because <laughs> yeah. she was, essentially, she was like, so I didn't get this at all, so what did you guys get out of it? Because she always asks us to kind of right. glean the philosophical message of whatever movie we happen to be watching. Right. And we were both like, I don't know. I don't know what this movie is trying to say. I'm not even completely sure I know what happened. Right. And it was just super confusing. And so we spent roughly an hour after the movie just pacing in our apartment talking about 
what we thought the movie meant. And eventually we got to an answer that I think I'm comfortable with, but yeah. it took us so long to get there. It was, it was like, it forced us to sit down and really, really think about it. Right. And we'll get into what that all is here in a sec, but regardless, I think it is an interesting experience that we had with this movie that it made us sit down and really dig deep into it and figure out, okay, what is it? really trying to say because we see yeah. a bunch of these events happen but what does that mean and we walked down and we're like what did that mean because we were just so confused as to what we were seeing and there are some elements that are kind of critique worthy we'll get to that in a sec but yeah we walked out in yeah. for at least an hour we just kind of paced our living room and we we're just like what was this which i haven't been this confused about a movie since i saw mother Right. Walking yeah. out of Mother, I was like, okay, I really need to sit down and figure out what is actually happening here. Right. What are we doing? But I haven't really had to feel that way walking out of a movie since then. And that was way back in, what, October? Mm, so yeah, I think so. It was like, it was a really interesting experience, that's for sure. Yeah, it was. And it was actually, it was just, yeah, like you said, it's just a really good experience to just kind of sit in the living room and like, oh, like just brainstorm and think of think of things of what the movie's trying to say, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. So okay, so we might as well just get right into yeah. it. For right now, this is not spoiler talk yet. We'll warn when we do get into that. We'll just uh, give kind of a basic yeah synopsis of what's happening. Exactly. So uh, basically, I'm going to give it away to Curtis right now, and he's going to give us the plot summary. Yeah. So you were never really here. Obviously, is the title of the movie. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix is the lead. It was directed by Lynn Ramsey, who is relatively unknown, but kind of on the rise in the indie movie market. Uh, This movie follows a character named Joe, who is a hitman of sorts. He has a very traumatic past. Um, When we meet him, he's kind of a vigilante. He's mostly freeing underage girls from the sex trafficking industry using um, tools that he picked up in his past. Uh, He's in the middle of one of these missions, and as he's getting ready to finish the job, something goes awry, and he has to fight not only really for the redemption of the situation, but for his own situation. He really has to... It's kind of a hunt to redeem himself as well. Uh, So it kind of leaves you wondering, is he going to make it out alive? Is he going to get caught in the crossfire? Very kind of action thriller, but with a really artsy twist to it. So super interesting. Right. Yeah. And that's something that we probably should talk about first. Uh, This is not your typical action movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, This, the only thing I can really compare this to is maybe something like Taken with, uh, whatever his name is, Liam Neeson. Yeah. Um, This is not that kind of movie. No, this is very slow. Uh, it's what I like to call a slow burn because it takes its time. Even though it is an hour and a half, it barely reaches that 90 minute mark. Uh, being so short, it takes its time to really build its story and get from one event to the other, even though there is kind of this rush to it, but only kind of, it's an interesting pace and not one that you would normally see in any kind of regular movie. What I kept comparing it to when I was writing down all my thoughts on this were movies like Gone Girl or um, most recently The Girl on the Train, which I didn't see but was definitely marketed to be very similar to Gone Girl. Right. Uh, Where, like, you think it's going to be this super mysterious, dark, like, thriller that's, like, 
really engrossed in the story and what's happening, but this really isn't even like that at all because it's a lot more of a character piece yeah. than it is like a super suspenseful thriller. Although it does have those elements to it, it's really grounded and pretty much just focused on this life of the one guy that right. we always follow, Joe. Yeah, exactly. And it's Joe's a very interesting character. Joaquin, he's played by Joaquin Phoenix, as Curtis said. And I think that Joaquin Phoenix did a really good job displaying yeah. this guy mm-hmm. who's... It sounds like he's under depression. Uh, and it's something that we definitely get to see at more than one point in the movie, how he struggles with this. Uh, there's a famous scene, the water scene, I think is also in the trailer. Um, we see that there's a couple moments where his mind essentially kind of takes over the situation and we get this different alternate side of reality that comes, that spills out from him, uh, which is very, a very interesting take on his own character. Uh, not just, well, not just his character, but a character in general is how he very much a literal sense of how they perceive the world. This is not necessarily, not really anything new, but something that's, I thought, that was kind of interesting and at the same time I think it time, was creative. Yeah, creative. Because they're representing what this character is doing visually right. rather than like him sitting down with another character and being like here's everything that happened to me in my whole life that made me this way. Mm-hmm. Like there's no really narration happening. We just kind of watch his mind work. Right. In like these really weird and uncomfortable scenes that are just oh, they're they're eerie almost. Yeah, yeah. And that's one of the things I really like about these, what I like to call slow burn movies, is that they really get you in the mind of the character. Like, it gives oh, yeah. you a lot of time to breathe and kind of emotionally invest yourself into the story. That's something I've always loved about this kind of style of filmmaking. This is my favorite style of filmmaking. Yeah. Uh, it's just like the slow burn. Because for me, at least, it leaves a much bigger lasting impact than a movie that uh, is filled with action and is very fast paced. Yeah. And Whereas that a, one may be a thrill ride. This is one that I feel it sticks with me longer, which in my mind is better. Yeah. And that's a huge credit to Lynn Ramsey for being able to pull that kind of weird mystery yeah. off because that's not easy to do even in a indie film market like she is. Right. Especially exactly. because she was the main writer for the script as well. Right. Right. Yeah. That's very true. Uh, now, I know you haven't seen this movie, but there's also another movie that I'm reminded of called uh, The Trap. It's a foreign film, and essentially the entire story is about this father who's really trying to find a way to save his son who has been diagnosed with some kind of illness that's going to cost him a lot of money to get replaced. And so mm-hmm. what his story in that, in, that, uh, in that movie is it's kind of split into two parts. Um, so it, this kind of reminded me of this in some ways because it's all about, uh, some of it's about like redemption. This one is the other one is very much, very central on that idea. But yeah, if it, maybe even if an alternative movie that you're looking for, that's kind of like this one, I would recommend the trap. Uh, it's a foreign language film. So you're you great to watch it with English subtitles. It is on Amazon prime though. So anyways, um, so yes, that is Joaquin Phoenix's character. The story is one that I feel kind of takes a back seat. Like you said, it is very much a character study, and it doesn't really move any farther away from that than what it needs to. It's very much centered on, okay, well, here's the story, but here's how the character... We try, we follow the character throughout the story, and that's what shapes the plot, not just the elements of the story. Yeah. Well, in these other movies that you could compare it to, like Gone Girl, it's yeah. super... Those movies are very story driven. Yes. So they're super 
like you're always into, okay, what's getting ready to happen next? What's the next big shock? Whatever. This is more just like, here's a guy who's been through it and like we just have to watch him suffer for a while and it's it's brutal. Yeah. It's very brutal. Right. And in terms of criticism, uh, Curtis and I definitely had the sim- very similar thoughts on this. Some of the violence in this movie is sometimes can be very cheesy. Uh, there's a sequence with some security cameras that, although the idea is really, really cool, um, the action that takes place in this sequence is pretty cheesy because it is not very convincing. This is something that uh, Your Movie Sucks did bring up in his review as well. But I remember we were talking about this later. We were just like, that scene would have been 10 times more effective if they would have made the uh, the violence a little bit more realistic. Yeah, or even for me, for half of that sequence, a lot of that violence was off camera. Yeah. So you would see like, movement happening but you couldn't see like fully what was going on so they allowed for that like room for you to breathe and kind of figure it out for yourself right and i think if they stuck to that in that kind of setting instead of using like full-on contact where like walking phoenix is clearly fake hitting somebody with a hammer then it probably would have been a lot more effective in the long run but every time that happened i was like completely taken out of the movie Right. Yeah, this is something that I know you and I talked about uh, in a bit more detail, which was the the use of violence in this movie, because it's kind of funny. This is not... Well, the beginning of the movie, we get a lot of this, a lot of this uh, Joaquin Phoenix just going ham on a a bunch of these these bad guys, essentially. Uh, And then as the movie moves along, we get less and less of that. And it gets to a point where we only see the aftermath of what he's done. And for me, at least, when we were talking, Curtis, uh, I felt as if this is very effective because when... Because at the beginning of the movie, we're kind of setting up, okay, this is what he's capable of. And then we get when we get to the ending scene where it doesn't isn't really showing too much. Uh, I felt as if it was just as effect, just as effective, if not more effective, because we had it kind of it leaves it up to the imagination, but yeah. we're directed in a way where it feels we're we're directed, in, we're directed in a way where I felt as if okay, I can clearly imagine what he did because of what of what I've been built to believe. I think that works because, in general, this movie is very minimalistic. Yes. So, you really don't get a lot of details about any characters. You really don't get a lot of details about plot. Any kind of flashback that we see is super limited. Um, I just really, really enjoy the fact that it really makes you work for the answers that you get. So then when it shows its hand too much, and you kind of start getting taken out of like the fact that it's a movie... So you're like, oh, well, this is just a movie now because this is clearly fake stuff happening. Right. It's like seeing CGI. You're like, oh, I mean, we're just watching a movie now. Right. You know what I mean? So it was, I really enjoyed the idea of it being super minimalistic with how it showed everything and really made you kind of fill in the gaps. When it shows its hand, then you're just like completely, it completely takes me out. Right, right. That I I can definitely see where you come from that. And there are moments where I also kind of felt as if it was a, maybe a bit too minimalistic. Uh, but I, I never felt as if it was too big of a deal, in my own opinion, uh, with its minimalism. Uh, anyways, well, I think that just about sums up uh, 
kind of what our general thoughts is before we get into the whole spoiler talk and stuff like that. Yeah, most of my gripes with this are more spoiler heavy. Yeah. Which yeah. I hate to get into. I guess to kind of summarize it without getting into spoilers, in general, my biggest complaint with this movie is that it can be super ambiguous and jarring in ways that it's really not trying to be. Mm-hmm. But I can't really explain why I feel that way without going into very specific situations. So I'll kind of just leave it at that for now. Right. Yeah. That was something that we definitely had an issue with is that there are moments where it's very artistic and it doesn't exactly fit with the rest of the style, but then there are moments when it's very literal and very realistic and it, then there's just this weird dichotomy and with this movie, it's, it's quite the interesting mix that we get. Uh, So do you have anything else that you want to add before we start getting into spoilers? Uh, definitely go out and support this movie if you can. Movies like this where we see risks being taken and even when the risks don't always pan out, these are definitely movies worth paying to go see because this is the type of market that we need to be supporting. Joaquin Phoenix (laughs) is actually very, very good in this movie. It's one of the best performances I think I've ever seen from him. Yes. So it's definitely worth checking out. He was incredible. Right. As and this character. Maybe, so go see this movie. Right. And maybe under certain circumstances, we would get more into the message, but pretty it's sure... It's so tied into what happens where we yeah. can't really talk about it. Yeah, it's kind of hard to talk about the message of this movie without ripping this movie into spoiler talk because yeah. it just is so engraved within it, which is a good thing. And, I mean, we'll get to the point where we begin to get confused. But, yeah, I mean, definitely... I, I, would I personally loved going into this movie not knowing anything about it so know as little as you can before you go into it for sure exactly and so uh yeah right before we get into spoiler talk i do agree with you curtis this is something that i think people should go and see and support because it is just such an interesting and different story not one that you would normally see and that's something i always love to see it's something different i if you listen to the podcast that corbin and i do all the time this is something that i've definitely expressed more than one time is that i love different stuff and if it's going to be I think I mentioned this in one of my reviews is that for me, one of the things that is just not as fun as mediocre filmmaking that just seems the most boring to me. And so anyways, without further ado, we might as well just start getting into spoilers now. So this is the fair warning. Here's your warning. Yes. (laughs) We are getting into spoilers. Okay. (laughs) So... Now we just mentioned this. Uh, one of the big things that we that we found to be quite confusing is the use of these artistic moments, specifically two of them in general. Oh, and uh, they're so creative. Yeah, they just don't fit at all. Right. with the tone that this movie's trying to set. Exactly. It, like, yeah. Oh boy. Right. So, like, one of the moments that I can think of clearly in my mind is I think this is in the trailer, but uh, Joaquin Phoenix. So his mom dies. Uh, due to whatever is happening uh, on the outside with the group that he got involved with, with a, by a, a uh, by one of his clients, uh, he his mom dies. They go in and they murder her. And so what he does is he goes to essentially bury her, but it's he takes her out to a pond and like weighs p- puts her in a trash bag and weighs her down with rocks. And so we get this really amazing looking sequence of him like under the water it's very uh shape of water-esque in terms of its style and 
we see him like letting go of his mom, who's just kind of starts sinking, and then he also is weighing. He's weighed himself down with rocks by putting them into his jacket pockets, and then he kind of lays there for a while, and then it cuts between uh, his mom and the girl he's supposed to, the girl that he had just let go at that point, and then he makes the decision and takes out the rocks and swims back up to go and save her. It's yeah, it's a it's very super good shape of water. Oh yeah, like that whole scene. Uh, spoilers for Shape of Water, I guess, is very <laughs> reminiscent of the ending of Shape of Water where yeah. she just kind of jumps in and starts swimming around with the fish guy. Right. It's very, very reminiscent of that. And I was like, oh, this does not fit at all. Right. In a movie that is so like grounded and intense and brutal and like focused in this real world that's like gritty and dark, all of a sudden I felt like I was in the Shape of Water. Right, and it was it's, super, like really creative, really yeah. nice visuals. I really liked the, like, like clearly visually it was representing the idea it needed to. It just did not fit at all in the context of the rest of the film. Exactly, and that's that happens more than once, and th- that's the part that always keeps pulling me out of the movie. Right, because it keeps drawing me in, and it draws me in so well. This movie keeps pu- calling me to really pay attention to every detail of what's happening. And then these dumb scenes happen that pull me completely out because I guess Lynn Ramsey thought this was the, probably the best way to communicate her thought visually, which it probably was, but she didn't take into account how it's going to affect the overall tone of the film. Right, right. And we do get sequences that are, this is one of those sequences where it's definitely in the mind of Joaquin, Phoenix, Joaquin Phoenix's character. Uh, we get a cup. There's one more scene that, uh, in the diner at the very end when uh, the girl walks off and he shoots himself in the middle of the diner. But that's another scene that I thought it was just like, okay, this is really interesting in terms of being a metaphor, but it does just doesn't fit completely with the rest of the Oh, that one movie. worked for me. Yeah. I see, thought that one worked well. See, I, well, I'm just giving the example of these different scenes that are in the movie. This one, I think, worked for me a little bit more than the one in the water, but didn't. still I wasn't completely sold on this scene alone. Well, we, I think that one worked for me because we were constantly being shown scenes of him thinking about killing himself. Right. So even like the very first shot of the movie is him with his head in a plastic bag. Right. Like suffocating. So I think the idea of him shooting himself in a diner, I was like, oh, this is just another one of those scenes of him thinking about killing himself. Right. And I was like, okay. So that one worked better for me because it fit in the context of everything else that was happening. But that water scene really didn't work, I think. Uh, the security camera scene I thought was really creative. Yes. Uh, and it worked for the most part. But when it didn't work, when we talked about like the violence and stuff, it just crashed and burned. Yeah. But when it worked, it was great. Yeah. And that's kind of the sad thing is that there are moments where it really, really works. And definitely you and I talked about this. Uh, we get really invested in it. It's like, okay, I want more of this. And then there are moments where, like, the water scene or just the the sh- the the way that they portray the violence in this movie, at least in the security camera scene, uh, this feel it just feels artificial, which yeah. is the worst part about it. Is once we begin to notice, okay, this is clearly not real. Then now we're being pulled out of this experience that we just loved. And so, yeah, the, there are moments where it really works. There are moments where it kind of works. Maybe this is more of a personal thing where this switching 
back and forth between these two different styles of varying of being very realistic and then being very es- expressionistic doesn't always fit together very nice and it as much as I'd love it to it it almost works but it, then it also doesn't because I'm reaching so far and it, it doesn't completely connect to me and then I yeah. just pull back out. It gets when it gets it right, it's absolutely flawless. Yes. But when it gets it wrong, it's just so jarring. Mm-hmm. I think Lynn Ramsey is on the rise, and I think after this, she is definitely going to go places, and this movie makes me want to see more of her in the field. But that definitely is a huge... um, That's a huge setback. That's something she's going to have to figure out how to get around. But I think it's just because she's a young director, she's a young writer, figuring out how she fits in, what her voice is going to be. you know. So she's trying all these different things. And that's not bad. I'm... I just really wanted more consistency out of this, I think. Yeah. And I know that we had talked about this before where the idea that I had, uh, that I felt what happened was there was an original idea to show this scene. Like, um, like let's take the water scene, for example. There was an original idea from Lynn Ramsey that she had. And for one reason or another, she decided that she didn't exactly like the way that it was portrayed or she felt as if it was portraying it wrong or there's a better way to do it. And so she rewrote the scene into this more expressionistic feel which i which of course doesn't exactly completely fit with everything so that's kind of what i felt was going on here is just that lynn ramsey had a different i different way of she thought she had a different way that she thought was better to display this kind of idea she just needs to find her sense of consistency Mm -hmm. that's really all it is and she's the best part about her is that all of those things work separately. Right. So she can do all of those things, and she can do all of them very, very well. My complaint is never that a scene didn't work. It's that it didn't work in context. Yeah. So she's clearly very gifted and knows what she's doing behind the camera and knows how to pull these incredible performances out of actors and how to write very well-written stories. Right. But I th- think she just has a little bit of growing to do yet still right but we're we have definitely not seen the last of her right i would love to see her do a full-fledged expressionistic film yeah Just from what we see from this she has a very good eye and a very good way of portraying an idea without saying something and that's what a good visual storyteller to me uh, that's what she looks like. And so I would love to see something where it is very expressionistic, yeah, maybe something along the absolutely. lines of a racer head or something like that from her. I mean, it wouldn't be very popular. Let's be, let's be honest, but it would be interesting to see. Well, in this, this film, you were never really here is winning awards at festivals still. Right. Like she released the movie for a festival before it was like completed and she won best film or whatever at right. this festival and Joaquin Phoenix got best actor. So, if that's where she is already, I mean, she's going places. Yeah, absolutely. And it's very exciting to see a young director like this pull out such a great... It's like how I felt with uh, John Krasinski, Yeah, actually, for A Quiet Place. This was like, kind of like his first big people start hearing about him as director type of thing. And it was very well done. And it was very successful. And I was like, I'm excited to see more of what this guy can do. So I think that's where I'm at with her. A little bit of inconsistency stuff. The biggest, my biggest issue with incons- the inconsistencies was it made the film, by nature, 
incredibly ambiguous. Yes. To the point where it was near impossible to figure out what the movie was trying to say. Right. That was just, it was too much for me, I think. They needed to hone it in just a little more. Just a smidge. So I could understand what they were trying to get at directly. Instead of perusing with you for roughly an hour to figure out what the movie's actually talking about. Right. And that's, those are the only things that are creating that situation, I think. Making us confused. But once we got to the message, I was super excited about it. Right. And that's actually a great segue into the message because that's where I was going next. Uh, yes. The message of this movie. Yes. This is something that we, you and I had to kind of sit down and like, okay, well, what is this actually trying to say? That kind of stuff. Uh, we ultimately landed on a couple of ideas. Um, there were, I think, yeah, one or two main ideas that we had that we thought this is what the movie is saying. And then one, a couple of, maybe this is what the movie is also trying to say as well. So uh, I know one of the ideas, and this is very evident, is with the sex trafficking themes. Because we definitely get a lot of those in this movie. I mean, it's it's pretty obvious uh, yeah, the whole movie is about sex trafficking. Right. It, the entire stated, movie. Yeah, you stated it in the in in the uh, summary, the plot summary. Uh, it's everywhere in this movie. So that's not something that is shied upon. They they do kind of really dive deep and well, not not really dive deep into it, but it's really not necessarily take... graphic. It's no, just no, no, no. like it's the point of the movie. Right. They there is with the uh, security camera scene. I think. This is the farthest it pushes it, is we see Joaquin Phoenix pull a guy out of a room. This is, of course, the building that he's in is uh, essentially a trafficking building. And so he goes in and he pulls a guy out of the room and he is fully nude and we see him hit him with a hammer. And so that's about as far as it really goes to show that level of, that level of uh, graphicness, I would say. But this is where we became a little confused is because it touches on this, but never really really dives like his nails deep into uh this theme and so i was a bit confused at first as to why this is a thing i mean i thought okay it's obvious that this is talking about sex trafficking but in what context right and that was kind of where i became a little bit confused once we began stepping through it you and i I, it became a lot more clear to me what this was saying yeah i think really it does depend on who you ask about this movie to figure out what it has to say because it's just ambiguous enough to where there's really no clear-cut answer, which is a criticism and also a praise. Right. I think you can do both better than this movie did, but it got real close. As far as I was concerned, I found the sex trafficking plot, I guess is the best way to describe it, to be a lot more metaphorical in nature not because sex trafficking wasn't part of the conversation, but because it was definitely a segue into just general abuses of power. Right. Um, which we can also see in the fact that it's actually the governor who is trafficking these kids. And we find that out about three-fourths of the way into the movie that it's just the governor that's doing all this, and he has to go after the governor to save this girl that he's been trying to save the whole movie. Anyway... It was very interesting to see its commentary, not in the lens of just sex trafficking, but in the lens of abuses of power and like power structures in our world in the United States 2018, or just in general, that are so corrupt 
that we've all kind of just been affected by it and we just kind of let it be. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting that this kind of a movie would take on this role. Obviously this is a very important subject and one that is very important in uh, the world and society that we live in today because sex trafficking is a very big thing. uh, Even though a lot of people may not even notice it. And, and yes, we also have big abuses of power, um, not only just the political office now that's happening right now, but just in general, in general, all over the world. It's interesting that this movie would helm this kind of an idea. And one of the, I think one of the things that we ended up uh, setting on is that, yes, this is about basically what we thought, what we felt as if the movie was saying at the very end when we figured it all out was that. Yes, you can do this. You can see this is happening, but you need to act on it. And yeah. one of the things that we said is even taking it in a very literal sense, not just thinking that human trafficking is just like a metaphor, but a metaphor, but also maybe taking it as a very in a literal context, saying that this is something that's happening right under your nose. You need to do something about it, not just say, I'm going to do something about this. Right. So Joe, Joaquin Phoenix's character. Yeah is severely traumatized by a break-in of some sort and some sort of abuse in his life from his childhood. And then he has, then he goes to the war somewhere. I can only assume Iraq or Afghanistan or something yeah, based would, off of that makes sense what the area looked like. Um, and he watches the same thing happen to kids like locals in the country. So he's been kind of plagued by this abusive system over and over and over again. So then he spends his whole adult life trying to do whatever he can to fight against that system, which is really interesting if you compare it to us because we are grown adult human beings that are used to these systems that are always corrupting or can be corrupted very, very easily. And I think the movie's really trying to get at we need to do something about it before the next group of people, the next generation comes into this and has to deal with the same stuff that we do because that's what Joaquin Phoenix is doing. He's saving these innocent young kids from having to go through the same things that he himself has gone through. So he's asking us or the movie is asking us in turn to do the same thing, right? To save people from the power structures that have hurt us by forcing some kind of change. Right. And it's also interesting how very minimal the dialogue is in this movie. Uh, that is a very much a stylistic choice, and it is pretty common with this kind of style of filmmaking just in general. But it also kind of brings, kind of also hammers on that message of don't just say you're going to do it, but actually do it, you know? Yeah. It's, the, that was to the film's credit for yes, sure. Yes, absolutely. And so it's, it's very interesting that... Uh, Lynn Ramsey really decided to take on this pretty, not pretty, but very heavy message of sex trafficking and all this kind of stuff, abuse of power. It's interesting because I can't think of another movie other than Taken that has ever really dove in deep into this idea of, not, well, not idea, but this theme of sex trafficking and like what we need to do about it. Mm-hmm. It's. I don't think I've ever seen in the movie that's really done that. I'm sure there may be some out there that I'm just not aware of, but it's not one that I've seen in the theater. I can guarantee you that. Yeah, I love this idea mm-hmm. because it 
solely uses visual storytelling to compel us to act upon something. Right. This lack of dialogue forces you to pay attention to literally every detail in every scene because right. you don't want to miss a single thing. They're not going to just spoon feed you this plot, which is super cool because you have to sit there and you have to really focus on it. And that really does serve the message a huge favor because we have to pay attention and live in this world where it's so easily corrupted. Right. Which is super important to what the film's trying to say to you. So I really did appreciate that. Um, another thing that really caught my attention was the title itself. You were never you were never really here. Yeah, I know we spent some a pretty extensive amount of time discussing what that title actually meant in terms of the film. Yeah, so I had a wor- I have a working theory okay. that I picture audiences walking out of movies like Taken, which has a very similar theme to it, where you say, where you walk out of it and you're like, well, that was just a movie, you know? That's not, that's not very realistic to what society is today. It's like an exaggerated picture of what we're living in right now. Essentially kind of saying, you were never really here. Like, that's all just kind of in your head. It's blown up. It's, it's exaggerated. We don't have to live in that, right. right? But the whole time, this movie is asking us the question, or asking us to reevaluate that and say, wait, maybe you are. Maybe you are really here. Maybe this is the reality that you are living in, where these power structures are this corrupt, and they can be, they can be changed on a dime, and you have to be able to initiate some sort of change in that. So maybe we are really living in this reality that uh, the movie tries to present to us. We are really here, which is a really interesting way of looking at the title. I really don't know how else it necessarily fits. Yeah, but. I really like thinking of it that way. Yeah, and I think that that definitely is what the Gone movie is going for. I can't think of anything else, like you said, that would that would elicit such a title name. Uh, I do kind of want to talk about the themes of innocence in this movie because uh, this is something that I found, in my own personal opinion, this is probably one of the better one of the parts of the movie that I liked the most is that so Joaquin Phoenix's character is quite broken and this is something that is pretty obvious from the opening alone he has oh, gone severely. through a lot what yeah oh severely broken. yeah yeah and he's gone through a lot of stuff he's had emotion he's had emotional abuse physical abuse has happened in his life he is now to a point where he is getting jobs to uh save these young kids right and so in in a very brutal way and even before we even really see him act the a senator whose daughter was taken, he says, I want you to hurt them because he had heard that he is a very brutal person. Mm-hmm. And so it's clear that Joaquin Phoenix's character is very broken. So it's interesting that he not only goes back, keeps going back to try and save this little girl because one of the ideas that I had of this was that he feels as if he is, he is afraid to lose somebody and he's afraid of facing life alone. Right. Well, facing life alone for him is just having to live with these traumatic experiences in his life. Right. And there is this montage where he essentially is going, is backtracking his way through the people he, that he knows. He first starts with, I think he first figures this out when the girl's father died, the senator. And so then this group of, pe- group of people come in and they, and they take her. And then he goes for, oh, who was it? I think it was, no, no, no. It was one of his friends, wasn't it? Uh, one of the handlers for this like well, there was one more organization guy of people. Yeah, the guy that he uh, 
worked for it, like got yeah. the money from at the very beginning. He calls him up to make sure that That's he's right. safe. Right. And like he and his kid are at gunpoint. Mm-hmm. And then he realizes, oh, crap, they're going to go after my mom next because that's what my little business card says. Right. Right. Where I, where I live or whatever. Right. And so then right after that, yeah, we find out his mom died and then we get the pawn scene. So the thing that I'm trying to get at here is that Joaquin Phoenix's character is not very innocent. He's gone through a lot of stuff. And so when he meets this little girl who is almost always dressed in white, very symbolic and has blonde hair. She's a young girl, so very symbolic of innocence and uh, immaturity, things like that. You know, it's it seems as if he immediately grows this connection with her, literally and metaphorically, because of how much time they spend together. And so when he she is taken and his everybody else is in, in his life is gone, he feels as if he needs to go and save this girl. And so that yeah. becomes the rest of the movie from then on is him going to save this little girl. Well, to save her and to save himself. Exactly. Because he needs somebody to help him cope right and she needs somebody to protect her innocence but that's also very interesting because she kind of goes out of her way to not be innocent anymore right there are several instances where he tells her to close her eyes and then the camera solely focuses on her watching whatever's taking place we don't even see what's taking place we just see her watching it right and that comes to a head when uh when I think it's like, yeah, the governor uh, takes her into the room. And then the next thing we see, he's on the floor and his throat's been slit. And then when we see the girl next, there's a razor on the table. It's just covered in blood. Yeah, it's covered in blood. And she's eating from this plate and her hands are all bloody. She is not necessarily innocent anymore. That could be representative of maybe even how terrible this sex trafficking is. You take away the innocence of these girls. Or just the power systems in general yeah and power yeah that too i think it's maybe even both oh totally yeah it's it's a very interesting image that she paints because the girl is covered in blood and all this kind of stuff but yeah it's very representative of innocence joaquin Joaquin phoenix is very much looking for this the girl is little girl is symbolic of that it's this very weird not very weird but very interesting dichotomy with this really old and and a uh, beat-up man who's essentially relying solely on this little girl to live again. And that's when we get the scene at the very end when he's in the diner and he shoots himself. She just says, she says, he mentions to her that he, she doesn't have to stay. And so she goes up, gets up to go to the bathroom, and then he shoots himself. And then when she comes back, it was all like you know in his mind. Right, but it's because he's so scared of right. being alone. Like he pictures himself killing himself. He's like, if she leaves, then this is what happens, right? Which is super super interesting because he has to like he doesn't want to face everything alone and neither does she mm-hmm. and now they're both i mean one can assume are spending their lives saving other people from the experience that they just had and each other right and for all we know it could turn into something like leon the professional or something like that yeah anything yeah. like that yeah it's yeah it's taken three <laughs> it's the next taken three uh, taken four um, i like it yeah, uh, it's you this is a very really interesting movie. It, it likes to go back and forth. Once we talked about that with this message, no, not not this message, but it likes to go back and forth with uh, the themes that it's saying and how it portrays it. It's it's interesting. It's a very interesting movie, and I think I when we first walked out, you what were your feelings when you first walked out? I know what they are, but the audience doesn't exactly know. I was concerned that it was borderline pretentious. Right. Because it kept doing stuff 
that I was like, this doesn't fit, and you're just doing this to be cool with style. But the more we talk about it, the more I think that they're just trying to convey ideas, and it didn't work out as well as they were hoping it would. But at first, because of that confusion, it feels really, really pretentious. It turns into like the super artistic, like you wouldn't ever understand type of movie. And that's really not what it's going for. And when you start to think about it, you start to realize that's not really what it is. But at first, you're like, uh-oh, and all the red flags go up that say, this is just an artsy movie for the sake of being artsy. Right. I never really got the notion that it was being pretentious, but I did say that I did completely understand why you thought that, because I do think that that is something that a lot of people are going to see. And that's kind of unfortunate that this kind well, of movie... That's some of the reviews have been, too. Exactly. Is that this is generally considered to be under uh, moviegoers who are not necessarily used to the style. They're probably going to see this as very pretentious. Uh, that's pretty normal for this kind of a genre, this kind of a style to have that criticism from a lot of people. Is it being pretentious in their minds? I necessarily saw that being pretentious, but I can definitely see why people would think that it is unfortunate that this style of filmmaking is oftentimes given that kind of critique. Yeah, it can definitely get there. Um, yeah, I'm looking at all the one-star reviews on IMDb, so we'll see what they say. Yeah. Probably one of the worst movies ever. Just terrible. Couldn't rate it as a zero. Overrated indie film. Uh, could have been great. Too bizarre. You were never really going anywhere. <laughs> this one just says boring for the title, and it's just a paragraph of the word boring over and over again. Really? Yes, which is very funny. That's very funny. And eight out of 18 people found that helpful. I made an account just to let everyone know how bad this movie is. But that's just because you can it can so easily fall into the trap of feeling pretentious. Right. But it's really not. If you really take a minute to really figure out what is trying to take place, then it's definitely not there. Another theme I found very interesting was that of time. Yeah. We see a lot of... At the very beginning of the movie, there's somebody counting down from so many seconds, and right. that happens pretty consistently throughout the whole movie, which is just an indicator that we are running out of time to change the system before the next generation comes in, which is super, super cool. I really like the way that they use that. That is a piece of style in this movie that I think works very well. Yeah, and I know that we were both just very confused with the counting down. Yeah, because the girl is counting out loud in the car on the road. Right. And I'm like, why... Why are you counting out loud? Right. Like, I thought this was all just in your head, but then she's just, like, looking out the window, 39, 38. And I was like, what What are you doing? No one does this. Yeah, yeah. It, we were both very confused at that part. We didn't exactly know once we, before we actually sat down and talked about it and thought it through. Yeah, that is very true. Uh, the girl is interesting how the girl is the one who's counting it down um, as if she's going to be the one uh who well she is the one who ends up taking everything uh could be that she's lost her innocence in that time could be that it is just representative of this is how much time we have left before it's irreversible yeah there are a lot of things you could probably take out of that this counting down there's not much time left kind of a theme and of course that also plays into how the movie is made is because Joaquin Phoenix has to have some kind of drive and right the clock is ticking for him to get to the girl in the very end stuff yeah but again before i had really thought that through i was like this is just a dumb thing that they're doing to get attention yeah and that's not what it is at all but at first you're like 
this seems like it's pointless. Yep. But it's really not. Yep. So give it a chance, people. Yeah. Because it's it's a lot better than what you think it is at first glance. Yeah. This is not one you can take at face value. Uh, I would even say that it's very dangerous to take this one at face value because then it will ruin your experience completely if that's what if that's what you do it's one that you really have to think about one that you have this is one of those movies where i feel is best if you make yourself vulnerable yeah to, totally to what this movie is trying to say and how it and essentially how it how it experience how its experience is built now with a lot of american films this is not necessarily so they're very much they're very bloated that's just the style so, yeah, this is one of those where I feel that if you make yourself vulnerable enough, it will make a lot more sense. Because it's this is very much... An, this is a film as an art form. I mean, if it wasn't already one here. It, this is very much a film where uh, it's not necessarily t- supposed to be taken literally. It's supposed to be taken very metaphorically. That's where the crux of the movie lies in. I mean, yeah. I feel that that's pretty obvious. Yeah, I agree. Overall, I thought, despite some weird little ambiguous hiccups, uh, it's definitely well worth seeing. Definitely go see it. It has a lot of depth, has a lot of meaning. Mm -hmm. There's really not... I'm never bored Mm -hmm. watching this. No matter what's happening, and even when I was confused, I was never, never bored. I was always on the edge of my seat trying to figure out what was going to happen next. Uh, It definitely makes you think... It makes you kind of stir in it for a while, which I really, really enjoyed kind of having to pick through it and figure out how I felt about it in the end. And it really, really does try and attempt to open your eyes to stuff that is happening right in front of you that you may not know about, or at least that they think is happening right in front of you that you don't know about. And it asks you to change some stuff. And I think that's definitely something that we need to have today. And I think it's something that that's a message that will be timeless i don't expect it to get a huge following but i hope it does because i had a lot of fun with it right right so anything else curtis before we wrap it up anything else that you would like to say and maybe even give your final thoughts or final thoughts and rating that kind of stuff well anything else i think those were pretty much my final thoughts i think i'm landing on an eight out of ten okay i was stuck between a seven and an eight but the more we talk about it the more i'm really really into it I wish I could see it again, but MoviePass just changed their uh, yeah. their Thanks, MoviePass. restrictions for how many times you can see a movie. So I won't be able to really for sure land until a rewatch, but for now I'm at an eight and definitely go see this movie if you can, because it was, it was a, it was a ride. That's for sure. Yeah. And for me, you and I share pretty much the same thoughts. This is something that, okay, this is, my kind of style of filmmaking although this doesn't always work there are moments where things are kind of disjointed things don't exactly fit with the rest of the narrative the style overall this is my kind of style and so i loved everything about this movie it does have its issue issues as we've promptly pointed out so when it all comes down to it yes i would highly recommend this please go see it because it's one that i guess has gotten a much wider release and this is not normal for a kind of movie like this so i would highly recommend you go see it it's something that i found to be very enthralling very engaging and also very very challenging especially after curtis and i sat down and really thought about it so yeah i'm going to give this same score as an eight out of ten high recommend 
I really enjoyed it, and I think it's one that is, like you said, very important not only for the time now, but for future generations, which is, in my mind, the makings of a great film. Hey, and if you are not interested in this at all, go see it anyway, because it'll give you more cred when his untitled Joker spinoff movie comes out, because he's supposed to be starring in an untitled Joker movie. I'm not sure when. It's in pre-production right now, but it's called on IMDb, untitled Joker origin movie. So if you want more credit when that comes out and people are like, who's this guy who's playing the Joker? You can be like, it's the guy from You Were Never Really Here and then look like a really smart person in front of all of your friends. Right. So go see it for that, if for no other reason. Exactly. Well, I think that just about wraps it up. Uh, Thanks, Curtis, for joining me with this. This is actually just like, thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) This is something that I actually sprung up on Curtis today, because we watched it the day before we recorded this, and I was just like, hey, you want to do a uh, podcast over this? And I was like, here we are. Yeah, and so here we are. Uh, Anyways, right before finals, because we're smart, yeah, I've got Anyways, at 10 a.m. tomorrow. Yeah, I've got one at 3 p.m. And it's 11.30, so time to start studying. <laughs> How much do you have left to study for? Well, I haven't studied at all. So ah, proud of you, Curtis. I'll probably just get so, up early and study instead. I'm so proud of you, Curtis. I'm, you know, I'm doing what I can. I've got a 3 p.m. study. Oh, study. I've got a 3 p.m. test for discrete mathematics. Uh, mm. That's going to kill me. Mine's in Hebrew tomorrow. Oh. So that'll be fun. Yeah, that sounds like so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, thanks, Curtis, for joining me. Uh, mm-hmm. This is... So, Corbin and I are kind of in the talks. I'm not going to give it a completely way. But Corbin and I are in talks of doing some some new things that we haven't exactly said on the podcast yet. So, this is maybe one of them. Anyways, uh, come back next week. I think if we're not doing anything like this, it'll be a, it'll be a normal podcast with Corbin and I where we should be reviewing Halloween 5. If not Halloween 5, then it'll be Jurassic Park 4, depending on when this podcast is released. Anyways, thanks for joining us. Uh, This has been fun. I'm glad that we got to sit down and do this, Curtis. Me too. (laughs) Anyways, all right. uh, Thanks, guys. See you in the next one. Bye. understand what it was saying and so the message of this movie okay get yourself a lacroya i'm thirsty (laughs) and i've got all that like mouth water stuff just like Uh, piling up and it uh, feels like i'm just gonna (laughs) and it's so gross so i need my my pample mouse lacroix need your uh Need your Jesus juice? Is that what it's called? I don't know. That's what I've been heard. That's well, what I've heard it's been called. For those of you that don't know, our university is obsessed with Lacroix. Oh, it's like insane. they love Lacroix, and I hated Lacroix. And then I went on a diet for a while, and it was the only thing I could have that was carbonated. And now I just can't stop drinking it, even though I still kind of hate it. You've fallen into the trap, Curtis. I have, and I don't know how I feel about it. It feels basic. Yeah, but here we are. Here we are. All right, drink your Lacroix. Oh, okay. Let's talk about this. <laughs> Let's talk about this message. Okay. Uh, so. Oh, did I tell you that I catfished somebody the other day? Oh, did you really? I did. It was That's wild. very funny. 
Some guy texted me. I'll just read you this thread. Okay. Where is it? It was just a random number. It had my area code. So I was like, this guy must be from Anderson. And he said, hey, Chloe, it's Rondale, R-O-N-D-A-L-E, one word. This is, that's his name. Yeah. He said, I ran into you today at Taco Bell, and I thought you looked pretty amazing in that uniform. So I naturally responded, hey, with three Ys, thanks, fam. He said, no prob, are you doing all right? And I said, better now that we're talking, you. And then it just kept going, and I kept, like, flirting with him. Oh, and he told me, and he told me how nice I looked and stuff. Yeah. And then he asked me what I was about to get into. And I was like, uh-oh. So I said, I'm down for anything. What do you have in mind? Best case scenario in my mind, I send him somewhere in Anderson to look for me, and I'm not there. Right? That's that's the best I can do at this point. That is that is. Amazing. So then he texts me, hey, is this Chloe? And I said, yeah. And he said, why did Facebook Messenger just correct your number for me? And I was like, uh-oh, I'm in trouble. So I said, I don't know. And, I, and then he said, send a pic. And I said, I can't. I'm in the car, but you can meet up with me if you want. I'm going to Perkins. Yeah. Perkins is a breakfast <laughs> restaurant that there's, I think, only two of ever. Yeah. And this, one of them is in Anderson, and people love it for some reason, and it's pretty much just cheaper Bob Evans. Yeah. And, and then he said, funny. you got to send a pic, and then said, man, are you prank texting me? And I was like, the jig is up. So I sent him a picture of Ronald McDonald and Grimace playing guitars. <laughs> <laughs> Grimace has a guitar with the McDonald's arcs for That's the amazing. body of the guitar. <laughs> and that was how it ended, and we haven't talked since. That is... It that was is absolutely so, incredible. Oh, it was so funny. That's very funny. I okay. loved it. 